You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. It's 11 minutes after 3 o'clock and we're live from the Durban Convention Centre where the State Information Technology Agency is hosting the GovTech 2023. This year's theme is Platform Economy for Digital Transformation and Inclusive Growth. Today is the second day of the Premier ICT Conference on the continent where discussions surrounding the digital economy, digital transformation and inclusive growth will be at the forefront to help us set the scene and the highlights from the conference so far. We are joined by Dr. Mabongani Mabaso, who is the Managing Director of the State Information Technology Agency. Dr. Mabaso, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. How does it feel being back in the public sector? (laughs) (laughs) You had to ask me Okay, let's just quickly try to fix um, that line there to Dr. Mabaso. Um, I think there were, um, the, that is the headset that we should be using. Yeah, um, doc, Dr. Bongani Mabaso is the Managing Director of the State Information and Technology Agency. So I was asking you about uh, being back in the public sector and what it feels like. Yeah, no, look, it's, it's definitely chalk and cheese, private and public. Uh, but I think you need good skills in the public sector too. So, yeah, I'm here and I need to make the best of it while I'm here. Yeah, and while you're here now, you have the GovTech 2023 that's taking place. I saw an interview uh, that Tadi Tadi did and he said that this one is going to be massive. It's yes. going to be the biggest ever. Did you manage to crack it? I think we did. Uh, I, I was absolutely blown away by the number of people that showed up. Um, you know, last night at the gala dinner, the amount of tables that were there, it was just absolutely incredible. It was electrifying, uh, the atmosphere. Even today, I mean, typically in GovTech, day two, day three, people tend to, you know, go away. But it's packed. Yeah. We're sitting around a packed exhibition hall. There's people in the plenary. There's various tracks and there's people inside. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. So I've been blown away yeah. by the reception. Uh, we're expecting, you know, far less than what we got. There's way more people than what I anticipated. So I think we've, uh, we've, we've managed to do that. So, so what does that tell you about the interest that people have in the sector? I think that the interest is massive. You know, for me, one of the things that was very encouraging was the number of young people that came up to me and said, I've never heard of GovTech before. This is my first GovTech, and I came there because you are there. I identify with you. And I was quite shocked at those statements, but I, there was a couple of people that actually came and told me that uh, last night. So, so I think it attracts young people. Uh, and I think, you know, you know the minister, uh, Monty uh, Gugobella, the honorable minister, always yes. says that the digital economy is an economy for young people. And I think the more we involve young people, the more it's going to grow, the more it's going to attract more and more. And I think GovTech is just going to continue to grow bigger and bigger yep. and better. And at the center of this year's GovTech is um, how do we get the government to benefit from the platform economy? Correct. What does that mean? So, so, so look, the digital economy is around the trade of uh, goods and services, right? digital goods and services, although as we know, it can extend to even physical goods. Right? So if you think about Uber, um, you know, you've got a platform that facilitates the exchange. Uh, you need a service, which is a ride. A driver has a car that he can use, you know, he's got some time, and then you facilitate that. So really platforms facilitate the exchange of goods and services within the platform economy. There's no way for me to take physical money and give it to you in the digital economy. That's not how it works, like in the physical economy. So yeah, you need a platform. So what we're really saying is, can we get a platform that can allow us to facilitate this exchange at a massive scale, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the public sector, we've got private sector. Can see be that platform that allows a seamless exchange of goods and services in the ICT sector. That's really what we're trying to talk and about. And all of this existing in the cloud. Somewhere. Correct, correct.
the Z83. People always complain about <laughs> <laughs> so maybe so maybe so, so maybe some solution to that one as well. But then also is um, when we speak about this inclusive growth from the platform economy, yes. how do we make sure that the rural people, people who come from rural areas, or people currently living in rural areas and societies in rural areas, are not left out? Yeah. So I think one fundamental. There's two things for me that are barriers. One is connectivity, and two is skills. And I think you would have heard of the SA Connect program that the minister is trying to put an even more impetus in. In fact, the Honourable Minister is talking to various partners uh, like Telecom, Seacom, Liquid, etc., etc., right, and many others, MTN, Vodacom, to help us to roll out even more connectivity across the country. Because if you don't have that fundamental connectivity, you can't participate in the digital economy, right? So that's mm. number one. Number two is the so issue that's of infrastructure. That's infrastructure, right? You need the base infrastructure even in the porters of the poor right, areas. Number two is around skills. If you don't going to have digital skills training to make sure that it reaches the far-reaching areas of the country, you're not going to have participation from those in the rural areas. So that's the second program that we're looking at. Uh, we've got NEMISA, we've got the Vera CETAs, we even us as well as the State Information Technology Agency that are actually busy training up people and equipping them with digital skills. And of course, we are partnering with our partners like Big Techs, so Amazon, Microsoft and the like, uh, to help us to also train SMEs in this Where's area. Where's our Silicon Valley? Um, I think if you crack this, <laughs> we might be able to create one. <laughs> Where's our Silicon Valley? Because we also need to speak about um, what South Africa looks like in the future. And if the minister says that the digital economy is about the young people right now, but yeah. where should the young people be funneled towards, especially yeah. the talented ones? Yes. Where's that Silicon Valley that we are looking yes. at? Yes. Look, I think it's going to be a virtual one. I don't think in South Africa <laughs> there will be a physical space. I mean, I know there's the Silicon Cape yeah. initiative. Yeah, okay, maybe they're successful. Uh, but I think it's going to be a virtual one. Uh, the digital economy is virtual. It doesn't have physical boundaries, space, etc. It can cross boundaries, right? I think what's going to end up happening is that the economies in, in Africa in general will end up being connected via ecosystems in the digital economy. So that when you trade, you can trade with somebody from Kenya, from Nigeria, from South Africa, etc., right? Using digital money, using digital platforms and the like. So that's what I think it's, it's headed, heading to. So, so everything is there in the cloud. Correct. <laughs> Metaverse. And then the other one is the, you, you mentioned the issue around corruption um, and how corruption has really been a bloat on, um, on a, a stain rather, on the integrity of, of the state and how mm. the state is being perceived. What sort of innovation can a platform economy bring to help us bridge that particular gap? Yes. Um, so one of, the, one of the, the, the platforms that one can imagine is a trading platform where clients, as opposed to going through very long protected uh, tender processes, uh, can go into a platform, an e-commerce platform, and be able to choose from a whole range of solutions, right? So solutions from SMEs, uh, solutions from medium-sized businesses, solutions and from... And you're saying client being from the state? From the state side. Okay. Well, it actually doesn't matter, right? It could be from anyone, but okay. right now I'm going to focus on the state. Uh, and then allow the client to have the choice to go, which one do I want to go with? Do you want to give the SME a chance, right? Because CETA has tested their solution within certain parameters. And if those parameters happen to fit my requirements, then I can go with them. Or do I want to go with a big tech solution that's a little bit more expensive, but you know that it's got even more parameters that has been tested within, and I can go and roll it out. I think right now we don't have choice, right? It's a very one-to-one -one sort of transaction uh, that our clients go through when we go through tender processes. Yeah. I think in this uh, way of, of, of operating, we're actually giving clients the choice to go, yes, 10 solutions that do what you want. Which one do you want to try? You want to try this one? Maybe you can try three at a time, decide which one suits your needs, and then be able to then commit to, to buying it. Yeah. 
Speaking about tenders, um, so the Sasa uh, pay, uh, grants payment ICT tender is out. Yeah. Um, does CETA give advice to a plat give advice to an agency like Sasa, for instance, to say that this is the technology that is available? Um, this is what we expect to happen in terms of the forecast and how we expect even consumer behavior and so forth. Um, we think that this is the type of solution that you should be looking at. Correct, correct. We have a, a digital advisory and consulting function uh, that is at the pre-sales end of our, of our client operations. Uh, and so we'll engage clients proactively and discuss these sorts of issues. So before they would even have given us a tasking or even went out on a tender, would have sat with them to say, look, these are the various uh, solutions that are out there. This is your environment. Have you considered you know, approaching it in this mm. way? Because sometimes not always about buying something new. Sometimes yep. about upgrading. Sometimes actually about switching something off that you no longer need or that you've been running for a very long time. Yep. Yeah, so we definitely give that advisory D to clients. Does the same apply to Postbank? You know the troubles that they have had quite recently now with the payments of grants? Yes. Uh, so Postbank is not, they're an SOE. Yeah. Um, so they're not mandated by the CETA Act to, to use CETA. But of course, we are open to receiving any clients, not just national and provincial uh, departments. So if any SOE wants to do business with CETA, we are open for business. Happy to talk and engage and see how we can help them. Thank you so much for your time. That is Dr. Bongani Mabaso, the Managing Director of the State Information Technology Agency.